0: Hello everyone, Carter here bringing you another episode of Out of the Hourglass presented by Nolan Consulting Group, a podcast dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors like you visualize their goals, develop their teams, and build sustainable growth. Today's episode is hosted by Molly Nolan, featuring NCG coach and financial expert, Andrew Amrine. Today's topics include how to budget during an uncertain time, when to start discussing your 2021 budget, how to approach meetings about the budget, and who to include, and much more. Thanks for listening, and as always, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Enjoy the show.
1: All right, thanks, Carter. I'm happy to be here today with Andrew Amrine, a NOLA Consulting Group coach, and our resident numbers expert. Hey, Maul. Hey. Many of you might also recognize Andrew from past episodes as part of the sales guys duo.
2: Mm. Shame you
1: don't have your better half here. Uh, <laughs> Where is he today? Uh,
2: don't tell him that. That'll go to his head. I'm gonna send this. Jimmy,
1: send this podcast directly to him.
2: <laughs> Jimmy is out there uh, in the audience today. Yes, an, an odd combination of sales and financials. You know, they both involve numbers. Maybe that's the connection. I
1: think there's. I think it's good to have to have that duo. Um, but all kidding aside, Andrew does hold content expertise in both sales and financials. So we are lucky to have him a part of the team. Andrew, how long have you been that. an NCG coach now?
2: Uh, so I started uh, the last week of December 2015. So wow. it was December 28th, 2000, sorry, 2005. I was
1: going to say, something about that doesn't feel right. <laughs> Not
2: 2015, 2005, yep. Okay. So, so you've been around week.
1: the block on the NCG world. I have the NCG been world. here
2: uh, quite a while. It's great. Uh, quite a ride.
1: Uh, well, thank you for giving... Exci- all of, the, all of the years so of expertise yeah. to our clients um, and to our team. Uh, so today we're talking about numbers.
2: Sh- shout out to producer Carter. She Molly thinks I have expertise. Uh, that's, that's good. We should stop now.
1: You know, I have to say that, right? <laughs> For the podcast. I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he truly does. Everyone, all of our clients um, will will say that to you. Andrew is our numbers guy. Um, I appreciate he, he that. He holds the reins. You can check out past podcasts that we've done, uh, as well as blogs that Andrew has written. We definitely encourage clients to check that out. Uh, he will actually be coming out with the new podcast. Uh, uh, blog in the next couple of weeks, kind of focusing on a similar topic as today's podcast. So be sure to check out nolancg.com. So today, numbers, more specifically, mm-hmm. budget planning.
0: Mm-hmm. We are
1: quickly approaching 2021.
2: Budgets are exciting, Maul. Are they? I mean, they involve so many numbers, so many variables. Doing... And I mean, come on. What... Then
1: I think we're, on the, we're talking to the right person.
2: Budgets are exciting. I can, I can feel the groan out in the audience right now.
1: Yeah, I think you you might be one of the few who feel <laughs> that way, that enthusiasm around numbers. But what what I think a lot of us share is enthusiasm around 2021 approaching, uh, after 2020 being quite the interesting year. Uh, I know many oh, businesses. Yes,
2: getting 2020 over with. Let's
1: just, yeah. yeah we're I'm a couple months away.
2: Very excited bring about on, that.
1: Bring on the new year. Uh, and many businesses, both large and small, are starting to wonder, what does 2021 look like? We must plan. It feels like a
2: do-over. P- it's like playing playing baseball as kids. You know, you got a do-over. This twenty twenty one is like a do-over for twenty twenty.
1: We can just say twenty twenty didn't happen. This yeah. is this is the new year. Um but Andrew, how can a business owner possibly plan for twenty twenty one given all the uncertainty that you know what we're currently experiencing and as we look towards the next couple of months, there's so many unknowns.
2: Yeah, I think this is a fair question, and we get it a lot, uh, sometimes unspoken, maybe in a, the, the silence on the other end of the phone, you know, what the heck am I going to do now? So, the, the, you know, the best way to predict the future is to make it. Okay, what does that look like? Well, there, you know, there's, there's in conquering the challenge, there is an excitement, maybe a thrill to waking up and working. No plan, just what's in front of me. Okay. And I know enough to work through what's in front of me in a somewhat prioritized way. No plan, just what's in front of me. And I, I would suggest that is a clear addiction to urgency. Uh, that's I stole that from Patrick Lencioni, uh, the author of um, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, multiple other books that are great, highly recommend it. But the the addiction to urgency. In other words, I don't feel busy or productive unless I'm urgent or doing something urgent, and so we we stay in this. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do with my time only what's most efficient, and avoid what's inefficient. Is
1: it like that head down grinding day by day kind of mentality? Well,
2: right. We feel productive.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I can Checking stand back off. and right. I can stand back and look at my work, and planning is not that way. So, so the flaw. Okay, with urgency, why is that bad? Okay, okay, well, Andrew, I'm getting things done. Why can't I do this? Okay, you can, but the flaw is that urgency doesn't cultivate clear thinking.
1: Always feels fuzzy.
2: I'm all right, I'm always reacting.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm, I'm, I'm never unstressed out. And I, I can personally identify with in implementing more and more planning in my own life that it isn't until, for me anyway, it isn't until after I have the plan and start start executing that I realized man I was holy smokes man I was tense because
1: um, you were holding everything in your head and trying to kind of keep it all, um, all in the line and it's not until you put it on paper and create that plan where you can begin to take a deep breath and Still take it day by day, but I have an understanding that you you kind of you've already prepared a little bit for next week. Carter, you created the plan. we have
2: effectively indoctrinated Molly. That you you're so right on it, Thanks. right there. They'll
1: like the test.
2: That's it. So, planning cultivates clear thinking, and planning everything you just said, sharing the vision, uh, cascading it down, working with your people, is an incredibly inefficient process. We, So Nolan Consulting Group, we try to do things to make it as efficient as possible, but it's more focused on effectiveness than efficiency. So planning is an inefficient process. The focus is on being effective, and we have to make that switch as leaders to make time in our day for what's effective, not necessarily efficient. And if you can break out of that addiction to urgency, the productive, the um, only doing what's efficient, uh, if you can break out of that mindset, then you can make time for what's effective. I can so, imagine
1: that's a, that's a hard uh, break for, for individuals in general. I mean, we're all, we're always taught, you, be the most efficient. What's the most efficient way to get this done? And-
2: Yeah, remove some of the urgency. It's a drug. It, yeah. The addiction to urgency is real. Uh, the adrenaline rush, the feeling of accomplishing something those are, that's uh, adrenaline, dopamine. And there's, there's no, um, I'm drawing a blank on what the other endorphin is, but the
1: serotonin,
2: serotonin, yes. Mm-hmm. So that, so serotonin, however, is what is what completes that process. And if, if you're living off of dopamine, then I need to be more and more productive. So sounds exhausting. It is. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. And so we, it's why, we have jobs, we wouldn't have jobs if this wasn't true. So we Helping people get off that dopamine rush and get into m- more of the serotonin, calm, planning, um, routine. So I, removing the urgency, so yes, planning is routine, it's repetitive, uh, it's boring for some uh, who haven't really done it or aren't doing it well, it's boring, but I, better decisions and problem solving happens. Um, a healthier satisfaction occurs, pl- what we would call planful execution. So, I think some people uh, creating a plan feels like closing a door. Mm. I'm, I'm eliminating options. I'm not, I'm not, I can't, I, I like to bob in and stone. weave. Right. Yeah. I'm setting it in stone. So, don't set it in stone. Don't create a plan that is set in stone. Um, I think others need to give themselves permission to be wrong or right. permission to be less precise or, or imprecise with their planning.
1: Um, I mean, people take pride in how well they can predict you know, a budget for the following year. And so when you're asking someone to do that with all these uncertainties, it's okay to not be on the ball in this environment. If I'm
2: going to do it, I'm going to do it right. Yeah. And right means perfect. And there is no perfect plan. The goal is is to create a plan and then regularly review where you stand against it and adapt so we were talking about this beforehand the goal is to have no surprises in business this is not a birthday party it's business and there are no surprises I'm investing my time and my money as, as an owner you're reinvesting the funds of the business back into the business I don't like surprises I I don't want to be stressed. Surprises cause stress. I want to show up. I want to have a plan. I don't want to have a process for adapting.
1: Within that same mindset, though, within business, expect problems. So problems shouldn't be a surprise.
2: It's it's the goal, not the reality. Mm -hmm. And so you build a process around adapting. Um, It's not about, right, it's not about making the perfect plan, Um, just tracking how far away, close or far away you are from it. So leaders... How can we plan? Well, you you got to shift your focus to what's effective. Um, sometimes that's efficient. Sometimes it's not. Um,
1: good today is better than perfect tomorrow. Yeah, so I feel like I, I've used that line just in my own life so many times in the last couple of months. Do not wait for perfection.
2: Good today, done today, is better than perfect tomorrow. Right. So now, to answer your question more directly, how can someone plan? Well, how can someone not plan? I think I, that's know, the question. How can you not have a plan?
1: Well, what? So we clearly know we need to we need to create a plan. Um, there's mm-hmm. no option to ignore that this year. We see the importance of it. How how critical it will play a role um, mm-hmm. with your team and their and their own engagement. At, you know, looking at the following year, are there some, some small steps that a team can take now to begin that process?
2: Yeah. So we're okay. So working into some some tangible recommendations, meet more frequently and have a have a plan that. Is informed by meeting more frequently so Molly to your point about it not being perfect if I if I know that I'm never gonna meet again then I need a perfect plan but if I'm gonna meet more frequently then there's less pressure to create a perfect plan rather a plan that gives me direction and that's the key balancing not enough detail and too much detail in a plan is about do I have enough to take a direction and so the um, Colin Powell uh, had a huge role in Desert Storm uh, many people will remember him he had a great line if you have more than 70% of the information you're already dead now mm. he was talking about war now i don't i hope nobody's going to die at any of the companies we work with but the point is is you <laughs> knock Locking on wo- wood here knock on wood <laughs> so the point is is you don't need all the information you need direction so create a plan that gives you direction. We're coming up on quarter four. Now is a great time to step back, evaluate where you've been, double check your goals for the next three months. The next three months are going to be a challenge uh, because not only do you have work to do, but we also have to plan for next year. So be careful with that. Um, I, I, I would suggest honestly that the best teams that we see as as pulling back and looking at the evidence of what's working the teams that meet every week to have an on the business huddle we call it the otb
0: Mm
2: -hmm. some teams are meeting every other week twice a month Um, some teams are meeting weekly and i think every other week you know I, i can see that working in the summer but now meeting every week to confirm progress. So it's not in the business. I'm not, I'm not talking about jobs or, or the workflow or, or pushing work. I'm pulling back and I'm, we're meeting on the business. Are we hitting our goals? Have we made progress? What, it, what changes do we need to make as a team? Um, definitely do that.
1: Generally, who should be a part of those meetings?
2: Okay, great question. Uh, sometimes it's just the owner. However, I would I would challenge everyone here that there's at least two other people. Maybe they're in a formal leadership role. Maybe they're not, but that are showing promise as thinkers and scheduling 45 minutes. Uh, this does not have to be a long, involved meeting. The, an OTB huddle is about what progress have we made. So it, it doesn't have to be long. Two other people that you would like to see grow. And, you know, I I can, in my own head, I can feel the pushback. You know, well, what if, you know, I don't know. What if it doesn't work out? That's going to, will that ruin anything? Well, no, it it won't because I haven't seen it ruin anything. That, you bring someone else into the Mm. OTB huddle. Um, So at least two other people. Now, teams that have managers, then it's definitely... That team it's a of managers. Team. So yeah, sales manager, controller, accounting manager, operations. So those those four uh, make a make a pretty solid um, pact.
1: So it's kind of regardless of your size, it you, doesn't matter if you are a three man band or um, a multi million dollar company with an org structure and a manage a solid management team in place. You need to be having these these meetings, they need to be scheduled, and you should at least be involving a couple of people. Yeah,
2: I think one of my favorite stories is actually Nolan Painting, um, their weekly operations meeting that they have now, that almost uh, almost all of our clients implement, it's probably the number one system that people implement and succeed at, Uh, that meeting started as everybody sitting down on five-gallon buckets in Kevin's garage talking about how to make the business better and that the agenda and who's there has evolved over time mm-hmm. but it it's it's been a a um a bulwark of the company for uh, I don't know how many evolved. years since now it's
1: now the it's 90s
0: virtual.
1: <laughs> now it's hybrid now it's yeah. part in the office um mm-hmm. and remaining team members are calling in so they're still making it happen mm-hmm. so we know the importance of the planning we know that we need to begin to meet more frequently but what do those meetings Actually, look like. So now, what, the, are, what are the outcomes we're looking to to kind of gauge? Yeah.
2: So now the numbers part. People are probably wondering exactly when numbers are going to become Here <laughs> part they of are. this. Okay. <laughs> now the numbers part. So hands down, make a cookbook. I think everything in a plan, from the tangible side, from numbers and goal setting, begins with what we call a cookbook. Not a new idea. Um, for us, in the service industry and working with service businesses. Uh, your cookbook is based on time or units times a rate. How much time do we have times an hourly rate equals the revenue that I ought to be achieving? Or um, I think a great example uh, is PDX Movers, uh, a company we work with. They've spent a lot of time modifying a cookbook that makes sense for them, So, so for them, it's trucks per day times revenue per truck equals mm-hmm. the revenue that they ought to bring in. So think about what's meaningful in your business. I, I think in the in the construction trades world, hours times a rate equals revenue. So the painters, the plumbers, uh, electricians. Um, You know, other companies, general contractors might look at revenue per day, paving contractors. um, I've just helped um, another Summit member start their budget for next year. Uh, They're looking at uh, paving contractor. They're looking at revenue per crew. They're looking at it by crew. In In the paving world, it's all one crew. It's kind of one unit. You don't really take one person out, one person in. It's all a team. So revenue per day or revenue per crew. But either way, it's some type of time or unit times a rate equals the revenue I I ought to be achieving. And so document it. Document it by month. Um, I can tell you the best operations teams I see do it by week. They've defined out how many people each week and how much revenue ought to be achieved each week. Now you have a framework. It's good enough it's it's imprecise. I don't know I'm I don't know exactly how many hours are going to be worked because I don't know if people are going to call out sick. I don't know if but I I have a framework and now I can review it. Where do we stand against this? What assumptions mm-hmm. have we built in? You know, a lot of people especially in the northeast are going to be reducing their field staff. So have we do we have a plan for that? How many people are we going to have October, November, December? Do we have that Goal documented. Do we have a plan around it, and then are, are we reviewing it? Um, so then decide how you're going to track it. I think one of the challenges we see is number one: does everybody get the cookbook? Two or three, two or three elements. I think uh, another challenge I see is there's so many possible numbers I can track that I'm, I'm overwhelmed by uh, options. Pick three. Pick three things that are meaningful to your team. Watch those things weekly. And I want to I wanna be able to look through the windshield and predict before the month ends, by the 15th of the month, I have got to know whether we are going to hit this goal or not.
1: What are, just from your own uh, perspective, what are three of, of those that you would recommend or that you feel really strongly about in terms of tracking?
2: So, the I mean, consistently the... KPIs or key performance indicators that we tend to look at are revenue per hour, number of people in the field times the number of hours worked. So 10 people times eight hours a day times 20 days in the month tells me generally, close enough, how many hours I'm going to have. And then times a revenue per hour number
1: tells me. What the revenue is going to be. So... Mm
2: -hmm number of people, hours worked, and a a rate, some some type of rate. And then does everybody understand that? Does everybody understand that for every hour worked, or in the example of PDX movers, for for every truck or every unit of truck, our average revenue is this. Where do we stand against it? Are we achieving that goal?
1: I think that's important to share because it helps... Everyone on the team understand the part that they play. So if you don't work the eight hours that day, um, that affects the revenue. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. And so just, just to know, you know, the work and the productivity that you bring to the table ultimately is make, is going toward that, a- that end goal. And you have an mm-hmm. effect on that.
2: Now, and people have information to make, to solve problems and make decisions around, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm trying to achieve. I now have a focus problem solve and in my role I can now solve problems and make decisions more effectively because I know what outcome I'm trying to achieve it's either a revenue per day or a revenue per hour or some type of of number that I'm trying to achieve and I can I can look at it and say you know yesterday we didn't do it um you know the the gutter companies that we work with they're big on revenue per day because they're doing three to five jobs a day they're small so the so something that's measurable that isn't overwhelming is a revenue per day number. And they talk to their guys, you know, did you achieve the revenue per day this month or, or today? Yes, you did. Okay, great. What worked? Why did you do that? Or no. Okay, what can you do better tomorrow? And everybody's implementing them. I'm going a little bit off of our topic, but now we're implementing a coaching culture. We're implementing a growth-based culture in, in in skills, growth meaning skills. I'm constantly growing myself and getting better. And it all comes back to the cookbook. Do I know the cookbook and is everybody focused on it?
1: What are some um, leading or forward-looking indicators um, that you can think about when, when you know, when you're actually in the meetings and you're looking at mm-hmm. the numbers, what are some leading or forward indicators that you also want to be looking at that's going to probably help pinpoint or direct what is coming in the next couple of weeks?
2: Yeah, great great question. She, Carter, she's really good at, at this interviewing thing. They, great questions. Um,
1: Carter's giving us a thumbs up. You people can't see it, but A-plus <laughs> a, a+ producer.
2: Another uh, challenge uh, that I encounter um Along the, the lines of that question, another challenge I encounter is people looking for too much from the numbers. They they're digging in and they're they're wanting this epiphany to happen, and uh, you know the numbers should tell them. And they've got all this all this data, and I'm you know what should the numbers be telling me? And probably the, you know the commercials we see on TV about data mining, and they, they build up this expectation of what numbers are going to do, and it's it's really not, team. I mean, it's it's really simple. Marketing spend creates leads, the phone's ringing, close rate creates sales. Are we hitting it? If we are, great. If we're not, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's, it it's not rocket science. In fact, we, we want to make sure it's not rocket science. We want to bring it down to the simplest form possible um, so that we can coach other people. Um, I would say productive indicators, day-to-day indicators are certainly that revenue per day, revenue per hour. So leading indicators marketing spending, what am I spending on marketing versus last month, last year? Are the phones ringing versus last month, last year? What's our sales close rate or our win percentage? Are we are we effectively closing deals? Those are all leading indicators um uh i would say current indicators or or um, work at hand indicators are that revenue per hour revenue per day Are, are we now making the best of the opportunity that we've that we have and again you know it's don't look for the numbers as rocket science it's very very simple am i on track or am i off track and then then, using your own experience and knowledge or insight from others, how can I now adapt? Mm-hmm.
1: So, with a better understanding of you know the revenue cookbook and having these weekly or biweekly meetings and looking at the indicators and kind of knowing what's going to be kind of predicting what's coming, you, you've got that quarter nailed down. but how do we now begin to move on to you know Q1 of 2021, or preferably be, be starting to create that annual annual budget.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. that's
1: the har- that's the really hard part right well, now.
2: Well, so we yeah we so we we sort of um, foreshadowed it or touched on it briefly earlier. The challenge of the fourth quarter is that I I have work to do mm-hmm. and things that need to be improved, and at the same time I need to plan for next year. So be careful what on the business projects you pick in the fourth quarter, and make sure that annual planning for next year so 2021 is the biggest big rock or, or project or whatever we want to call it for us we you know we call them big rocks that's got to be the biggest big rock for this quarter start m- making a plan or a schedule so that the skills that we just talked about knowing your cookbook having a weekly huddle on progress made on the business um, to review it those same skills work here now we're defining um, a cookbook for the entire year. You can break that down by month. Um, you know, I, I can, with the un, un, unpredictableness, I guess, of, mm-hmm. of where we're at, I, I can make the case, okay, stick to winter, you know, let's do the first four months of the year, plan that out, and then plan to review it. Um, I wouldn't go less than four or five months because you're going to meet again for a quarterly meeting in March. So we, we need to plan out past the next meeting. Okay. Otherwise, you're going, to, you're going to fall short. If I only plan through March, well, I'm going to meet in March. So now I have no plan. So plan out past the next quarterly meeting, so into April or May. And then adjust. Give yourself the freedom to adjust. Give yourself the freedom to adapt spend a little less time making the plan perfect spend a little less time trying to read so much into the numbers or or glean so much into the numbers instead check it more frequently and and with your team and discuss how we're going to adapt
1: create or predict create and check
2: yeah i mean i i can't you know we when we talk about financials and we certainly in are the services we offer. Every month we get together and we look at the P&L. So the issue is is the P&L is the past, and the, the past is the best predictor of the future, so we need to review it. But the last question on that numbers call, or, the, or the, the last topic, I would say, for discussion on that on that financial review is, okay, where do we stand for this month and next month? Are we implementing what we're learning to make this month and next month better. In other words, are we looking through the windshield? We're, we're looking in the rear view mirror, but we got to at some point look through the windshield. And that cookbook is, is about making a plan to look through the windshield that I see where the road is. And am I, am I in my lane or am I, it's a, you know, picture, picture looking through the windshield in a car mm-hmm. and you see the road ahead of you. Imagine not seeing the road. Maybe there's a hill and it's cresting and you can't see where you're going. What's the first thing you do? You, you slow, slow down. down. Slow down, yeah. right? I slow down <laughs> just and just I to assess sure the situation. Yeah, make right? sure what's coming. If you don't have a plan, then that's like that crest in the hill. You can't see what's coming. But if I now imagine driving and it's, and it's kind of cresting uphill and you can see the whole road in front of you, that's the plan and, mm-hmm. and the cookbook. And I can see the road in front of me and I can meet regularly to make sure I'm still in the middle of the road. Like my granddad used to say, keep it in the middle of the road. Am I in the middle of the road?
1: Is that how you drive in the middle of the road?
2: Um, little Miss Daisy. Yep, right, right lane in driving or driving Miss Daisy. Sorry, driving Miss Daisy. No, I'm, actually, I. Uh, my wife says I'm an aggressive driver, so maybe I'm I'm in the left lane.
1: We'll have to, we'll have to confirm that. Uh, Andrew, thank you. I, th- I think the the key point here. Is remembering you can al- always rework your budget and adapt as the horizon becomes a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. We know everyone can do that. 2020 has been a prime example. You in March, April, when lights kind of turned off for a little bit, everyone had to reforecast. Um, thankfully, in most home improvement industries in the contracting world, there's been some makeup mm-hmm. uh, in the last couple of months um, from a revenue standpoint. But so there was a couple of months where a reforecast had to happen. Uh, so take your budget, save as, reforecast. It's okay to have multiple mm-hmm. reforecasts in a year, especially in these times.
2: Absolutely. I
1: think the key is is starting, so you have the ability to pivot. You can't pivot if you have nothing to start with.
2: I, Carter, I think Molly Molly's a numbers. Uh, she's a numbers person. Oh. We're gonna maybe we're gonna give some budgets to um, budgets to Molly. She's gonna be in charge of making preps, some budgets. I prepped
1: too hard for this. <laughs> That's what I'm learning now. <laughs> No, I think, I mean, budgets in general, I think whether or not you're a numbers person, budgeting for your business, budgeting for your own personal life, you want to have some kind of plan. Once,
2: once the numbers have meaning, once the yeah. plan has meaning and I, and I can attach meaning and behaviors to the numbers, and then I execute those new behaviors and the numbers improve, everybody gets it. it it's like that's, that's the cresting moment where people go, oh, okay, now I get it. This is exciting.
1: For you, that's like a win-win. When, a, when oh. a client on a call gets it, makes your day.
2: I love numbers. I, lo- I love it.
1: Speaking to that, we are starting to work with our own clients on their twenty twenty-one budgets, and we encourage all businesses uh, to begin starting that process as well. So we do hope that today's conversation kind of kicked kickstarted that for you, or p- put some enthusiasm behind it. Um, if you have questions or need guidance, our coaches at NCG are always here to help. Uh, for more information, you can reach out to us at info at nolandcg.com. Andrew, before we close out today, anything else you'd like to add?
2: Um, yeah, I, I think um, the uh, Advanced Financials Peer Group that I run uh, with a bunch of uh, accounting managers and controllers, the discussions we've been having in in making a plan for 2021 planning a major item has been, how are we going to delegate and how it, so the accounting managers and controllers, how, how are they going to help the team delegate so that they learn numbers too. Mm. And so I, I would suggest in, in putting your plan together or creating a schedule for how you're going to do either the quarterly plan or the 2021 plan, be thinking about how you can delegate some of these activities to other people so that they can get excited about the tangible numbers, the, the outcomes that we're trying to achieve so that they can get comfortable with them, too.
1: You just
2: want everyone to love the numbers. I do, I, I do, <laughs> I do. No, we,
1: we appreciate you for that. What was, um, that, what for was that, that
2: song, for the, uh, the, there was a, a song one time, Cream, Cash Rules Everything Around Me. But numbers rule everything around me, you can call it that.
1: Uh, with that, we will we will call it a close. So, Andrew, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you for uh, having We hope to have you back for more numbers talk, uh, more sales guys conversations. We'll get Jim back, back in the room. And we'll see you next time.
0: Thanks, Mom. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business consulting firm located outside Philadelphia. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd like to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.